Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Change or our economy. Never miss another one again. Plus, labor news, full Monty alerts, conservative alerts, and my personal favorite segment, Geeky Science, each and every week. But wait! There's more! As an added bonus with your TomCast podcast subscription, you'll also get my best of the rest of the news, a daily three-minute dose of what's going on in the world today that you can't afford to miss. So what are you waiting for? Get over to TomHartman.com today and sign up for your TomCast now. Do it for yourself or you can do it for a friend. Go to TomHartman.com to see just how easy. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC. Stocks lost a ton of early gains today after President Trump gave his strongest signal yet about possible U.S. involvement in serious civil crisis following this week's chemical gas attack. At the close, the Dow and the Nasdaq were both 14 points higher on the day after getting an early boost from hints that Republican lawmakers have revived efforts to try to repeal and replace Obamacare. One day ahead of the big March employment report out tomorrow, initial jobless claims took a tumble last week down by 25,000, but planned corporate layoffs a little higher in March than they were in February. Facebook has launched a new effort to help users spot fake or misleading news reports, giving them instructions on how to identify fake news and what to do about it. And while ride-hailing giant Uber struggles with things like charges of sexual discrimination by employees, rival Lyft just wrapped up another round of funding. It's now valued at $7.5 billion. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC. It's Spring Black Friday at the Home Depot, where right now, select John Deere mowers come with a free Home Depot gift card worth up to 350 bucks. From zero-turn models to the new Excel cutting decks, John Deere gives you a quality cut that won't cut into your downtime. And that free Home Depot gift card puts even more spring in your pocket. Buy a John Deere, get a gift card. During Spring Black Friday, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Val through April 19th in store and online gift card via mailing rebate. See store for details. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite for your dog this week. We'll send you a bottle of Super Mega Fish Oil free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Free this week at Dynavite.com. Just feed your dog right. Use Dynavite. Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. NBC News Radio. I'm Tom Roberts. 
A final confirmation vote for Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch is expected tomorrow after Senate Republicans triggered a so-called nuclear option. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell ripped Democrats for trying to filibuster Gorsuch. This is the latest escalation in the left's never-ending judicial war, the most audacious yet, and it cannot and it will not stand. President Trump will be briefed on military options in response to the deadly Syrian chemical weapon attack. The Secretary of Defense will inform Trump at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes is bowing out of the Russia investigation. The California Republican has been under fire for his handling of the investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election. Hollywood heavyweights are reacting to the death of comedian Don Rickles at the age of 90. Billy Crystal calls Rickles' death a giant loss, and Larry King said a national treasure is gone. Tom Roberts, NBC News Radio. Beautiful weather this evening with partly cloudy skies, low down to 53. Winds will be gusting up to 25 miles per hour. Then on Friday, mostly sunny, a high near 73. Then Friday night, a 40% chance for showers. Wind gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Showers are possible on Saturday, but eventually drying out. The high 67, the low 49. Mostly sunny skies return on Sunday with a high of 73. That's your weather forecast for this hour from KCAA, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Three in one, the trifecta of talk in Southern California. California's number one volume GM dealer, Mark Christopher Auto Center, says keep your money in your pocket. And so they're offering you zero down on a purchase or a lease as Truck Month continues. That means you'll get zero down APR on up to 60 months plus $55,000 in rebates on selected models. Chevys, Buicks, GMC trucks, even Cadillacs. You'll find Mark Christopher Auto Center right on the 10 freeway in Ontario. Or you can go to markchristopher.com. Mark Christopher is California's number one volume GM dealer. Family owned and doing things right since 1975. Remember, Zero Down delivers at Mark Christopher Auto Center, Vineyard Exit of Interstate 10 in Ontario. KCAA Loma Linda. Your CNBC news station for the Inland Empire. Hey, buddy, I hoid the droughts moving in, muscling in on your turf. To make matters worse, the man keeps telling you to limit your spigot. That drought is bad news, no fooling. But me and my boys can help. The Water Boys, on the Water Zone, Thursday nights at 6. We'll help you protect your turf and save water. And hey, don't worry about it. Consider it a gift. Yeah, Louie, you heard the boss. We gotta listen in at 6 p.m. on Thursday nights. Okay, Vinny, you got it. The Water Zone, Thursday nights at 6 p.m. I'll tell our lawn it's now protected.
Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful downtown San Bernardino, California. Thank you for tuning into the Water Zone Show. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Starr, along with Mr. Mike Barron, also known around here as Mikeypedia, and we collectively are known as Da Water Boys. That's your cue. That's right. You keep, the blowing, the, you keep blowing the cue. Oh, I'm supposed <laughs> to say, oh, well, you know, I want to build up that silence to the great finale of the Water Boys, but you, you know, you're... You prematurely interrupt me, so what can I say? Everything's premature when you get old. That's right. <laughs> premature gray. Yeah, you know, you know memory-wise. Hey, if you want to call in and talk to us, please do so. Our local line is 909-888-5222. If you're calling outside the 909 area code, you can call us at 888-909-1050. You can watch us at kcaaradio.com. It's carried by Ustream and... Uh, uh, YouTube, and if you go to the KCA website I just mentioned, you can tune into the Thursday and watch us. So everybody who's watching us out there, we'll give you a wave and a shout out, and uh, everything's good. Uh, this has been a long week. Well, you know, actually, it's been exactly the same length as every other week before now. Yeah, but I was traveling. Oh, that's right, that's right. You know, when you're traveling, it gets a little. You know, people think, oh, that's so glamorous. You get to visit these places, and you get to stay in a hotel, and you get to eat restaurant food. But and you wake up in the middle of the night because the time differences, and like you can't go back to sleep, and <laughs> it's one of those things. But we had a great week. What started on, you know, what Monday was? Monday was the kickoff for the Wyland National Mayor's Challenge of 2017. Absolutely. It was great. We held it at the Mall of America in Minnesota, in Bloomington, Minnesota. It was great. Enormous facility if anybody hasn't been there. It's like four stories high, and I don't know how many square feet this thing is. It's got amusement parks inside. I mean, everything. It's incredible. Movie theaters. It's just unbelievable place and we had uh, tons of mayors and people had uh, schools came in and we had the the renowned marine artist Wyland he was there to kick it off you know everybody knows well if you've been out to the west coast in California Long Beach you know you know that he painted the amazing whales on the outer circumference of the Long Beach arena right and that's the guy right and he also did a globe world globe on top of it wow and that was that was that was like the largest square roof of anybody that ever painted anything. This is in the Guinness Book of Records, by the way. So that was exciting. And so after we launched the uh, the event, there gave away tons of prizes from Toro and other other companies. Um, uh, Wylands uh, has a thing called. Uh, rolling down the Mississippi. And what that is, is there is we have people from Wyland who are going to be going from city to city along the Mississippi and getting all the mayors to this challenge of this water conservation contest. And what it is, is a friendly contest where you call, uh, you go to mywaterpledge.com, doesn't cost you a penny. It's non-monetary. You put in your name and say, hey, I'm going to save water by turning it off when I brush my teeth. I'm not going to hose down my car and all these kind of things. And you pledge and uh, make that you know, just normal pledge, and you register what city you're in. And at the end of this contest, which ends on April, the end of April, they pick five different categories of populations of the cities. And if your if your city wins, and you're entered in this little contest, you get a chance to win a thirty-three thousand dollar Toyota Prius. And this. Thousands, tens of thousands of other prizes like Toro irrigation products and gift cards and things of that sort. And um, you, and even if your city doesn't win, and but you take the pledge, you're still entered to win a bunch of prizes. So that's a great thing. No, that is because it brings awareness to a greater number of uh, 
individuals throughout the country. This isn't just for California that is just finally emerging from a drought. It's for every single state. Last year, 4,100 cities participated in it. 4,100 cities. You know what I'd like to see is a big map with push pins on every single city. That's what the boss wanted, and I couldn't get that form for the, for the event on, uh, on Monday. No, but, that's uh, pretty amazing when you think about it. So 4,100 different mayors uh, got their cities, or at least people from 4,100 different cities in the United States uh, participated. And remember, this isn't about collecting or donating money. This is about going to the website. Uh, what was that website MyWaterPledge.com. MyWaterPledge.com. And if you don't have ideas about how you can save water, go to that website because they're going to guide you through a number of different ideas. And you can basically remember those um, Great water multiple tips. choice question tests right. in, in high school. Well, that's what this is, a multiple choice kind of questionnaire that leads you through different things you can do to uh, save water. And it's it's a great thing. Um, like I said, it's tons of prizes to be given away. Uh, we gave away Toro lawnmowers, you know, like three four hundred dollar mowers and uh, trimmers and all, all kinds of things. Personally, I like that lawnmower, uh, the Toro lawnmower, and I can't even tell you what the model number is. But conceptually, it's electric mm-hmm. and it mulches the grass. Right. And you just let that mulched grass stay on your lawn because it helps it fertilize it. It helps fertilize it and. Just think of all of the landfill waste that... It saves. Yeah. So it's a great, great approach. So it was good. We had uh, Toyota, who's one of the major sponsors. They were there, and uh, it it was just a great, great day. But we have uh, Brennan on the phone from uh, the Wyland Foundation. He's going to call in every Thursday and give us a hint of what he's been doing for this Mayor's Challenge along the Mississippi. So good afternoon. How are you doing? How's it going, guys? Good. Haven't seen you in a couple of days. (laughs) So what's been happening? You want to tell us a little about what you've been doing and uh, what your goal is? Like, are you on a riverboat or are you just driving around the, you know, on the side of the Mississippi? What's what's happening? You're going to like this. I'm I'm doing it all. But yeah, I'm just driving the new Toyota Prius, sorry, the Toyota Prius Prime down the Mississippi. So I've already visited cities like La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, Dubuque, Iowa, Davenport, Iowa. Uh, next stop is St. Louis, Missouri. So, oh, that's 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 great. That's great. And is there anything on the Prius itself that alerts people that maybe this is a Wyland Prius or maybe it's a Toyota <laughs> Prius or you know anything like that to let folks know? Absolutely. The car is painted and wrapped to the T with uh, the 2017 Wyland Mayor's Challenge for Water Conservation. So you can see it coming from miles away, and I get stares constantly on the highway. Oh, that's fantastic. That is fantastic because, uh, I mean, what a great ongoing program this is. I, I I think it's like going into the fourth or fifth year or maybe. No, it's longer than that. It's longer than that, but, yeah. but it's been growing every single year, and we get more cities to participate and more individuals within the cities to participate. And you want to tell us about something special that's going to happen on June 8th? On June 8th? Yeah. Do you know about that? They didn't tell you? Uh, No. It's Rob's birthday. No, No. it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. I'm a water boy. That's right. January. No. um, uh, The announcement about the UN in Wyland? Oh, really? You didn't I haven't heard of this. You haven't heard about that? I've been on the road. Well, we announced it Monday at the event. 
Oh, really? You weren't paying attention. You were watching all those girls around the mall. We know. That, that might have been it. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, Wyland uh, 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 got a deal going with the United Nations for environmental things, and they want to take this uh, water challenge universal overseas and reach 7.2 billion people. Unbelievable. Yep. So that's that's wow. going to be a formal announcement hey, on June. Hey, you're going to have to uh, get your... Uh, pilot's license because when this thing grows in the u.n and becomes worldwide you know you're going to have to fly from city to city around the world no richard right. richard Brand, richard branson who owns that little airline Virgin. yeah he's, he's going to he'll provide a plane and a crew there you go yeah so we're ready for a vacation <laughs> for already signing people up now hey have you run into any rain in your travel so far rain i got a little bit yesterday in davenport i was it so far haven't seen a lot of it wow wow well that's great uh be really informative and kind of fun to hear what you see where you go and get updated uh on the weather patterns throughout uh your travels yeah yeah totally and uh are you collecting the water when it rains i am not collecting the rainwater specifically (laughs) i'm collecting uh, runoff and the Mississippi River and testing that. <laughs> hey, do you, <clears throat> like, do you... Um... Oh, yeah, tell Mike what your background is. My background? Uh, I went to the University of Oregon for environmental studies. Oh, cool, cool. So you... Are you also a duck? No, no, I, w- I started off as a, as a banana slug. That's oh, UC yeah, Santa Cruz. All so, right. But, uh, no, I, I'm just thinking about the size of the... Um, the Mississippi, how wide it gets, how narrow it gets. Uh, have you seen it? I mean, at its at its widest or its narrowest? Anything that you can share in terms of the visual? Visually, um, I coming from Southern California, so I'd never seen the Mississippi before. But seeing it now and seeing how many locks and dams and how they regulate the water flow going through it is incredible to me. I'd never seen that before, and to see. Something almost like the Panama Canal, while they are where they're filling these locks to bring the boats higher at a different level. It's amazing to see the technology and the engineering that goes into this. You know, I hate to admit it, but I didn't even realize that the Mississippi River had those kinds of uh, right? structures yeah, within them. I, I just, I, I, I just that was that the was Panama thought. Canal. Yeah, you know, I thought yeah. that was one of a kind. But hey, well, we appreciate you calling, and don't forget, we're going to do this regularly every Thursday until the end of the month, until you finish your tour. And they give us give us an update. So everybody remember to go to mywaterpledge.com and make this pledge. You get a chance to win lots of prizes, and hopefully you can win a brand new car. And and if your city wins in one of those in the in its category, because you don't compete against bigger cities and you don't compete against smaller cities, you right. compete against cities across the U.S. that are very approximate to your own population size. So. Um, It'd be it'd be fun. It'd be fun to get your mayor recognized and get some publicity for your city. Great, exactly. So thanks to the Wyland Foundation, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Travel thanks. safely. Okay, we're going to do a little bit of news. Uh, just got a couple minutes for news before we take a break, and uh, we'll get into this because we have a, a good guest that we've uh, talked to the other day, and we're going to. Have, have we ever it. had a bad guest? No, they're excellent guests. Informative, knowledgeable. Absolutely. So here we go, this week in the news. All right. Well, listen, big news is Californians together saved 25% of the per capita consumption of water in the 
month of February that's versus eight versus 2013. That's why we're drinking water. I know, but I mean, 25%, and there's not even any mandatory reduction goals. Just uh, so that's, I think, quite um, uh, amazing. The other yep. thing is that um, if you take a look at how much water we've saved since we started the whole program in 2015, uh, we're at 22.5% reduction. Total, cumulative, from June of 2015 through February of 2017. So that's, I think, that's quite amazing. Kudos to those of you that are listening, that pay attention to the water they use. And I hear that here in Southern California, we're going to get some rain this weekend, right? Yep. And I have an event to do. You know, I'm... You know, and you, you're, you're a great guy because I got to say, I was going to do this event. It's in near my neighborhood, uh, yeah, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. And, and normally I do this one, and I like to do it because I know the, the people and there. And you've always done it. And I've always done it, yeah. Um, but my daughter's going to be in town, yep. and out of the gracious, good nature of my water boy partner here, he's decided to go out and do this, do do the show for me. United so thank con- you. No thank you. Is ever needed? United we conquer. It's going to be for anybody who lives out in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. It's their Earth Day and open house. It's on. At- uh, 10440 Ashford Street, Rancho Cucamonga. And it's going to be over 80 vendors. And Toro is providing the food. Wow, are we going to have... Free food. Free food. That's cool. Toro and Cucamonga Valley Water District have joined forces yep. to say thank you to the customers of Cucamonga Valley Water District. Have they said what food it's going to be? It's a surprise. It's a surprise. Okay. Well, it won't be us. It won't be surprise me. It's not samples either. It's it's real. You get a nice nice lunch. All right. Hot lunch, as, as a matter of fact. So they have all kinds of vendors uh, that showcase uh, their products, uh, service people uh, throughout the region. So come and ask lots of questions, see lots of new things. There's lots of giveaways, by the way, from a lot of the vendors. So come up there, take a look, and they have a wonderful garden. And it's a great thing for kids. I mean, yep. they have they have uh, activities for kids and. I always see families out there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's a big event. Good. Usually, well, you've always done it on that day, and I usually have a different one to cover. That's right. This, this year they kind of scattered it over. You know, we got to make sure you take out some of those, some of the uh, Toro Irrigation Association kids' coloring books. I don't, we don't have any more. I've got some. You got more? Yeah, I got more. Oh, okay, because so I had to ship 500 to the Wyland thing for the uh, Mayor's Challenge. They, Excellent. They got rid of all of them there. They had, uh, just so you know, they brought a 5th and 6th grade to the event. Excellent. And, Excellent. Uh, so it was covered by ABC News and radio and newspapers, and uh, the kids were great. And, and they gave away, uh, for the kids, they got to go into, uh, I forget the name of the uh, uh the the sea museum they had the the aquarium and the kids got to go in and then people who did pledges they got uh, free passes to go see this aquarium. Did they have computers set up where people could yeah, actually make the pledge? These, these, uh, we had four big kiosks in it where like two by four inch, uh, two by four feet uh, large computer screens and you go up and touch and do the thing. It was great, absolutely uh, wonderful. Everybody did a great job. Excellent. Hey, well, on the uh, also on about saving water, um, turns out that. The most recent measurement of the snowpack shows that we uh, have an equivalent of 46 inches of water at that uh, particular location, Phillips Station off Highway 50 in the Sierra, uh, in the Sierras, and that we are at 
183% of the historical average for that particular measurement location. And statewide, because Southern California still hasn't gotten as much precipitation as Northern California, uh, the snowpack is, for the whole state, on average, 164% of average. So um, there's a lot of water, but as you know, Moraville continues to have some problems and – Luckily, we've got some good people at the Department of Water Resources that are that are on top of that. Cranking away. They said November is when it's going to be completed. Yeah. Now they're 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 trying to do a uh, a temporary fix uh, that they can then discharge some more water because if this new um, atmospheric river hits, uh, we could see again Oroville rise quite significantly. Yeah, be, we need the water. We need more reservoirs. So anyway, uh, let's take a break uh, and. Uh, Hear from our sponsors, and uh, we'll be back on The Water Zone with Mike and Rob. This is the Schmidt's Yard. Companies coming soon, and, oh, Schmidt, their deck and outdoor furniture has been dominated by dirt. But no worries, there's plenty of time for Scott's Outdoor Cleaner plus OxyClean to work its magic. Its fast-foaming action lifts dirt and wipes out stains from moss, mold, mildew, and algae. Guaranteed. All while being safe to use around plants and grass. Because when company's coming, dirt's not invited. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up Scott's Outdoor Cleaner this weekend. Did you know that an irrigation system that has a leak of just one thirty-second of an inch in diameter, that's the thickness of a dime, weighs 6,300 gallons of water per month or 75,000 gallons per year? Well, with more solvent cement experience than anyone on the planet, Weldon formulates their products not just to meet a standard, but to exceed it. Weldon products are designed to provide even greater safety margins, often able to make up for common mistakes or less than ideal installation conditions, reducing the chance for leaks and costly callbacks. Weldon's invention of solvent cement over 60 years ago revolutionized the piping industry. From day one, Weldon has led the industry with their broad range of high-performing solvent cements, primers, and cleaners, bringing unique solutions to professional contractors and homeowners. Along the way, Weldon has earned the loyalty of millions of professional contractors who trust their products and depend on their outstanding customer service, live technical hotline, troubleshooting services, and free training. And because they care about the environment, Weldon was the first manufacturer to develop and offer a complete line of low VOC cements. Their hottest formulation is Weldon 750 Hot Weld, a one-step, fast-setting blue PVC solvent cement specifically formulated for superior, long-term, trouble-free performance. So whether you're a professional contractor or just a backyard do-it-yourselfer, choose Weldon, the trusted global leader in solvent cements for leak-free plastic piping systems. To learn more about their complete line of products or technical training, visit the web at www.weldon.com or call their technical service hotline at 877-477-8327. Hey, welcome back to The Water Zone on KCA 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, 106.5 FM, YouTube, and... That other thing. No, 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 I know. It's just so many things we're on lately. It's great. I, I wish they were all bundled into one and just say one, but we gotta gotta say all the, all the ones that we're on so everybody can see us and hear us and and do so. So we're we're excited about that. Anyway, we had a chance to uh, uh, talk to the president and CEO of the Building Industry Association, named Dave Cogdell. Um, 
and uh, he's a great gentleman. And uh, we talked about really what the what, what has the drought done to affect his business and the business of all all the builders. So uh, let's get into that. And uh, here's Dave. Well, good afternoon. Uh, today we're going to welcome a gentleman named Dave Cogdell. He's president and CEO of the California Building Industry Association. And just for clarity, I want everyone to know that I'm a board member of the Baldy View uh, Building Industry Association. So I just want to make that clear that uh, there's no shenanigans going on, and we uh, we want to be clean with our uh, our audience. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. Well, I've got a uh, this one question that keeps coming up in my mind. You know, the even though officially from a California state government perspective, the drought emergency continues uh, since the only person in the state that can declare an end to that drought emergency is Governor Brown, and he hasn't yet. Um, I will say, though, that in spite of that decision, the uh, general consensus is that we've got a lot of water in reservoirs, we've got a lot of snow in the, in the mountains, and so the at least the drought on the surface of California is, is over. Of course, we know that groundwater uh, needs to be replenished, and that drought is not over yet. But um, let's start with this. Did, have you seen any significant change with respect to the building industry and the number of housing starts since we've gotten this wet weather, probably starting in December? Uh, no, actually, yeah, we haven't seen a, a you know marked increase in, in building permits. In fact, if anything, I think they're down a little bit over where they were uh, for this time of year, say last year, or the year before. But a lot of that's due to the to the wet weather uh, and the fact that um, it's hampered uh, building and um, you know the, the uh, moving forward with the purchase of permits that would typically be the case. So we'll probably make up some ground as we move into the drier season here uh, as it relates to building uh, permits. But um, most of the impact from the, the drought that we saw um, came from water districts concerned about uh, new water hookups and whether or not um, that's something they should be allowing uh, given the realities of the drought. And this you know, industry, the, the building industry, particularly in California, has been so involved in the issue now for well over two decades that the the product that we produce is 50% more efficient in its uh, use of water within the home uh, than it you know than buildings that were built prior to 1980. So when you you know educate people to that fact, it becomes clear uh, pretty quickly that we we the new home building industry are not the problem, but very much a big part of the. The solution, especially when you consider what the downsides are of things like moratoriums or limits on water permits, this kind of thing, uh, you know, to the economy in general. And as a result of that, although we had a number of brush fires, so to speak, that we had to deal with throughout the state at different uh, water districts and our locals, Baldy View and, and the other eight, um, certainly dealt with this directly. But uh, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With that information that they were provided by the California Building Industry Association on our history relating to that particular subject, it, it uh, really gave them a lot of a very good uh, ammunition to push back, and as a result, I think we only had uh, two uh, moratoriums, if you will, uh, put in place in the state, and they were relatively minor in uh, in their impact. So, uh, again, overall, uh, we as an industry survived the drought quite well. I, I know when they were talking about a moratorium, you had made the comments that uh, it was going to be very counterproductive because not only would it hurt you know, the water issue thing, but you were worried about that it would lose a lot of jobs in California right. over that. I mean, it hurt, hurt the economy greatly. Yeah, exactly. And when you can make those kind of arguments and people realize that you're not going to, number one, achieve the water savings you hope to achieve, and number two, cause some real damage to an economy that, you know, although it's coming back, uh, certainly from the home building industry standpoint, has a long way to go. So, uh, and we are a major employer in this state providing very good jobs and again those arguments proved to be very effective at the end of the day. Well that fact that you know the new housing stock is so much more water use efficient than older stock pre-1980 ties into uh, a research fact that I discovered which was that total consumption of potable water in the United States peaked around 1980 and has been coming down ever since, even though the population has continued to grow. So clearly, in my mind at least, and I'd like your thoughts on it, there seems to be a causal relationship there between more efficient technology and construction uh, approaches uh, to reduce total water consumption. Well, there's no doubt about it that the direct correlation between those two uh, realities, and that's why you, you know, 1980 is such a, a pivotal year, and you can really see the uh, the marked reduction ever since. And like I say, we right now have done just about everything we can do. We feel inside the box, if you will, or inside the home, to number one achieve the water efficiencies that we want to achieve, but number two maintain uh, you know a quality of life relating to the use of water that uh, is acceptable and the technology. Uh, the technological advances have allowed us to do that. Um, you know, the early technology where showers put out very little water and you ended up staying in the shower twice as long as you needed to and, and all of those kind of things proved to really be kind of counterproductive. But the newer technologies have uh, remedied an awful lot of that, along with certainly a heightened awareness of the consumer and the homeowner uh, relating to water use in general. But... Uh, as another main, major incentive is so many of water districts have gone to uh, metering where, um, again, you, you pay depending on how much water you use, and the more water you use, the higher rates you pay uh, per unit 
uh, I think has had a lot to do with people's, again, awareness and and um, making sure that they do what they can to conserve water. Did you see during the drought, when, again, it's still not officially ended, but did anybody in the building industry see an uptick in the water hookup charges? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a crisis like that never goes without uh, someone, in our opinion, taking advantage <laughs> of it. Um, but the realities are that, you know, you need a certain amount of money to run the system, and it's based on a certain, uh, regardless of district, it's based on a certain uh, amount of usage. And when the usage is limited because you're trying to conserve water, uh, obviously the revenues that you're generating to support the system in general fall off, and the only way to, to uh, maintain that is to look at, at rate increases. So, um, yeah, that definitely a lot of that took place, uh, and, and it was something that was incumbent upon districts to explain and, uh, you know, to their constituencies to get them to understand the needs for that. But the economic realities are, again, what they are, and a lot of the requirements relating to the cost of providing potable water in this state have increased over the years for a number of of reasons, most of them driven by government regulation. So, um, in order to stay, uh, you know, abreast of the law and, and uh, be within the law, you've got to do those things, and uh, it costs money. So, so I'm thinking. Uh, I've lived in my home something like 20, 23 years. So I haven't looked at a new home in, in quite some time. But I do remember when I would with my wife and we'd look at a new home just just to see what's new in terms of uh, decoration of pro, you know, techniques and all. But there was always the emphasis on, in fact, look at the kitchen counters or look at the carpeting or the, the, the floors and uh, the paint and all that. We never, my wife never brought up the issue, hmm, I wonder how, I wonder if they have one of those smart controllers that uh, automatically turns the sprinklers off when it's raining or automatically adjusts the watering kinds. And I know I'm saying that somewhat facetiously because those, that has yet, in my mind, to become an important issue for prospective home buyers. But do you see the, I guess, consideration of utility costs becoming a more relevant factor for prospective new home buyers? Uh, yeah, I think so. And and um, you know, if you're going to sell these. Uh, products, uh, that's the way to do it, to be able to show people that, uh, yes, you'll spend the money up front or, you know, it'll be in your mortgage as part of the price of your home, but it will create a substantial savings in your monthly utility bills over your period of ownership and, you know, you can, uh, you know, recoup more than you, you spend. Uh, that's an important selling point, obviously, but in addition to that, I think, again, you've got a consciousness among the, the buying uh, public that is evolving, um, and a lot of that again goes to the realities of the drought that we went through over the last few years uh, prior to this year, where people became much more aware of it and wanted to to do their part, and they certainly did do that. I think that's one of the kind of as a side one of the frustrations that many of us have that the state hasn't recognized what the people of this state did when they asked them to um, appropriately. Uh, Address the crisis, and they they responded the way the state hoped they would. They saved the water, and uh, you know now we're out of the crisis. In fact, uh, millions of acre feet of water are running on, out underneath the Golden Gate Bridge as we as we speak. Uh, not going into groundwater recharge or 
the reservoirs or any anywhere else where we could save it and use it in the future. So um, that's a little concerning from the standpoint of whether or not you're going to be able to bring the public around the next time we have a crisis if you don't honor the realities that uh, exist today relating to the fact that we're no longer, I would argue, in a drought. We still have major water challenges in this state that need to be addressed through a comprehensive uh, approach that involves not only water conservation but more storage and certainly a lot better infrastructure to move water around uh, this state and to, uh, again, provide the means to store the water in the aquifers better than we're currently doing. Um, all of that's needed and um, you know, is, is obviously a challenge for um, the water uh, board and uh, you know, the state in general. But uh, the people have, you know, they've done their part in my opinion. They, like I say, responded appropriately during the drought. They stepped up and approved the water bond here a couple of years ago, uh, included in that's money to build two new reservoirs. We're not very far along in that process and I think a lot of people questioned that, especially last year with the, all the water as to, you know, where are these reservoirs and why aren't we building them? And uh, I think those are all legitimate questions that, again, the state's going to have to deal with if they want to maintain their credibility on this issue of a more reliable water supply for the state of California. I know, like, items like solar panels, my wife had called because you hear it on, on the radio and TV, oh, for $77 a month you can have all the electricity you want. And if you have a couple hundred dollar uh, utility bills, this is a cheap way to do it. But, you know, when you look into those things, you know, they can lease them, you can purchase them. And, and part of the problem I see, at least in the ones that came to our home, is it costs X amount of dollars, and you have to sign up for X amount of years. And, and if you want to move, you either have to buy out the contract or try to get the new owner to buy it and, and, and pick, up, pick up that thing. And the same thing with... Uh, like water recycling systems. I know KB Homes has done, did a project where they, where they put in these recyc water recycling systems. I think you know about those. It was like 58 yes. homes they did. And, yeah. and unfortunately, though, they're, they're, and, I, and we know the company very well. They have great product. All of these things are great. The problem is they're expensive. <laughs> right. And, and it, you know, it, it, does it make it more difficult for a builder to put them in versus adding it as an option? I mean, I, it's hard for me to see that options people would buy that. I know my wife would go for the better kitchen and better granite and better flooring and things like that versus a, a, a irrigation system. And we'd go for the widescreen TV. That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, how, how are the builders, how, how are they trying to market these technologies as beneficial to the potential? Is it, is it an easy sell for them? I don't think it is, actually. I mean, it's getting better, certainly, than what it, it, it was, but there's still, I would argue, among the buying public a preference to use their dollars for, you know, the things you mentioned that have historically been important to them uh, over, uh, you know, whether it's uh, solar energy or uh, the self-sustaining water uh, systems, the recycling, because um, as you mentioned, it is expensive, and when you sit down and figure out how long you're going to be in the home and all those kind of things, trying to get it to make economic sense can sometimes be you know, pretty difficult. Um, there are trade-offs you get to, obviously, if you're using recycled water, especially you know, non-potable water for your irrigation, that kind of thing, you can have a larger lawn than you could, you know, have otherwise, those kind of things, which mean a lot to some people. That's a major amenity, and they'd rather have a nice big lawn and lush landscaping than, you know, the certain quality of countertop or finish. For those people, um, you know, that might be the option they select. But I, 
And I think there's more of that than there used to be, but I think it's still a challenge in general. Do you think it's easier to just build it into the house price and not offer it as an option to say this is what you're doing to help be sustainable and the buyer either likes that idea or they don't? Because I always find options, well, especially those products are hard to hard to move. Yeah. Well, again, I think, it, uh, and as you know, I mean, we're in a severe housing crisis in this state, and it's all driven by supply and demand at the end of the day. And, I mean, um, you know, if it's, if it's in an area that can support, say, another $10,000 in purchase price over a competing product, if the competing product exists, which it may not, and if it doesn't and I need a home, then I'm probably going to figure out a way to bite the bullet and pay the extra $10,000 and make that work. Um, but if I've got options available to me and, you know, I've got a substitute available that I like as much or maybe more uh, that I can get for $10,000 less, uh, then that's probably what I'm going to do. And the other side of that, of course, is being able to qualify for the necessary financing uh, to buy a home. Some people that just may not be able to, to qualify for that additional $10,000 in cost. So I think it's, it's based or it's, you know, really driven to a great extent on the, the location of the development and the market in that particular location. Um, you know, this additional cost in places like the Central Valley, San Joaquin, uh, Valley, the you know the uh, Sacramento area and around the Inland Empire, that's going to be kind of t- tough to to absorb that. But along the coast, again, where there's more heightened awareness on the whole issues surrounding the environment, plus uh, much more in the way of purchasing power, you've got a better chance at selling those things and making a profit. How would how would the sustainability? I know we work with uh, uh, Habitat for Humanity and things like that, but for the, for the companies that are doing affordable housing, because they have to, obviously, they're price conscious in right. doing that. How, how do they try to market or, or try to put in all these new technologies to help the, the, those families who buy those homes or qualify for those homes? Because the idea is, obviously, to make it you know, a, a, a achievable uh, payment for them. Yeah. Well, for them, that whole industry, as you know, is, is heavily reliant on subsidies in one form or another. So there's, there's probably a certain amount of you know that that comes into play if you're dealing with that type of product. But um, again, I, I don't know that that's a, a primary concern, at least from what I've seen on affordable housing projects. It's more about you know just having the shelter available at a price I can afford, type of thing. So um, not that there aren't and maybe more in the way of requirements put on those developments to be more energy and water efficient and all those things. But, um, again, there's got to be a way to make the thing pencil at the end of the day. And for so many affordable housing projects, that ultimately results in a subsidy from somewhere. You know, I've seen new developments, you know, that drive down the road. And I used to see a lot of uh, turf, lawn, uh, in the front yards or in the common areas of a development. Today I see a lot less. You know, maybe there's a, a recreational area, but you know, there's a lot more uh, drought tolerant, low water use plant material that I think is, is tastefully done. Has One, have you noticed that transition uh, in landscape designs over the, over the past five to seven years? Uh, yeah, you know, definitely. Actually, since about 2011, builders have been required to install either, you know, soil moisture-based or weather-based um, um, uh, systems that will shut off the irrigation system automatically. 
if, uh, if the soil is wet or it's raining, that kind of thing. Uh, and in addition, California's new mandatory uh, model water efficiency landscape ordinance, the MOELO, requires that all new homes utilize a water budget calculation, uh, which has the effect of limiting the amount of turf that gets uh, installed at the end of the day. So those are actually regulations that are now uh, in place, and that's why you're seeing so many uh, smaller lawns being uh, installed. Has that, has that, in your opinion, had an effect either to increase sales, decrease sales, or maybe neutral in terms of sales? Yeah, I, again, I think at this point a lot of it, again, is driven by just the, uh, the housing crisis and the lack of supply that uh, there's not a lot of market pushback uh, to that, and there really isn't any place you can go. Uh, like I said, if you if you happen to buy a product that has a system that you can buy as an option uh, to use recycled water in a more efficient way, um, that can be factored in as it relates to the size of lawn they allow you. But other than that, you're pretty much stuck with the uh, the model water uh, efficiency landscape ordinance that's uh, being required throughout the state now. So smaller lawns are definitely the uh, you know, the wave of the future, and we're going to see more rather than fewer of those. I know in a couple of weeks I'm, I'm on the water efficiency task force for the NHHB for the green certified products. And in, in there, there's a uh, you get points if you use a smart irrigation controller. But what I find yeah. funny, and a lot of people on the committee, you know, they just say, well, if the company calls it a smart controller, then that's good enough and they get X amount of points. And I'm saying, well, companies like ours, um, you know, we have to go through the certification process of getting right, it, uh, right. you know, EPA WaterStar, you know, uh, WaterStar, water water I'm sorry, uh, that, and, 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 and I don't see a push for the industry pushing towards that. And, and so like for us, it's a little difficult because you get a lot of startup companies who don't spend the money to go get the real certifications and, and yet they're gonna, you're, they're gonna allow points in that. But that's something I'm going to in two weeks to discuss when I'm there at the task committee. And I find that very funny. Same thing with drip, whether they should have, you know, pressure compensated drip lines and things of that sort. They don't take that into consideration. And, and a lot of people who are participating are in that industry or our industry, and they don't understand it well enough. That, that makes it right. kind of difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely think, correct. And I think that it's a step in the right direction, and that as they take those steps, they're going to learn about what the difference is between pressure compensating drip line and non-pressure compensating uh, pressure regulation, non-pressure regulation. But I think anything that moves the ball forward in terms of going from to more efficiency Absolutely. is good. And I think it's also good that they've got someone like yourself, knowledgeable in the industry, to provide input to the process. So I think that's, I think, I think that's great on both sides. Yeah. They're not going to necessarily hit the target right well, on the first ball. That's right. As always, you get 80% is better than, than 0%. Right. So our 80 percentage is better and as we keep moving that forward. I mean, companies like ours, uh, like Toro, keeps trying to move the bar higher and, and come back with good technological products that, that would, would actually help the situation. It brings the solution to the table. And we yeah. think that's, that's very important. You know, everybody says, you know, take, take all the grass out. Well, grass serves a purpose <laughs> more than that's just right. visual. And, yep. and uh, you know, they put in this artificial turf, which in some places, like in medians 
where people never walk on and things like that. That's perfectly fine, but when you when you take it off and you, you compare it to artificial turf and you measure the temperature on a sunny day, it's like 30 degrees difference and hotter. Yes. So now people yep. who complain about global warming, well, now they're contributing more to that. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Always the pros and the cons. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, water pricing and how there seems to be more implementation of tiered rates or perhaps budget-based tiered rates. Um, do you get a sense that the home buyers, uh, I think I'm going to answer my question before I even finish asking it, but I was going to say, well, do you think home buyers take into consideration whether their home is going to be in a water agency that has tiered pricing versus just flat rate pricing? And, and I think the answer will be, with the shortage of available choices, it's more about getting the house you want than it is about, well, I'm paying a little bit more for water. I think they'd worry about Miller Roos more than they would worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely uh, correct. You know, certain buyers are certainly more uh, sophisticated and in tune with that kind of uh, reality and, and will do a deeper analysis, if you will, when they buy a product. But I would argue the majority of people aren't thinking about that or are, are not that concerned with that. Uh, when it comes to buying the home. I know years ago in the city of Yorba Linda, everybody wanted to live there. They thought that was the blossom. This was talking 20 years ago. And and we used to call people Yorba Linda poor because they buy these big, nice, fancy homes, but then they couldn't afford the food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they couldn't do anything after they had the house because everything tried to be expensive in, in that. And yep. I, I don't know, I, I, like for me, in the next couple of years down the road when I decide to hang it all up, and you know, I want to go to a place where the rates are going to be low and, and, and you know, uh, have some of the new technologies built into the home to make the operation, you know, every single month the expenditures low. That's what everybody wants to look at when they're older, I believe. That's true. You know, they want, I, I think seniors, I saw a study uh, from the group that I'm with, with the BIA, uh, for the senior homes where, you know, they want, they want a gated community, they want low maintenance, all, all the things to make their life easier as they get older and want to retire. They really don't want gigantic yards and, and things. They know Mike's got a big yard, I got a big yard. And, you know, you, you sit there with almost an acre of property and a pool and a jacuzzi and, you know, all this stuff. It adds up every single month and it's a lot sure of money. And, when you, and then when you get to be on a fixed income, you really don't want all that expense anymore. And, and people, I think even the younger millennials, are looking at the expenditures that they have to put out every single month. You better sell now because yeah. there's not going to be a market for those big, uh, expensive homes. Yeah. They're still building. They're still building. And beautiful. Yeah. What, um, do, do you see any particular challenges that are facing developers related to water or other utilities as we go into the next three to five years here in California? Oh, yeah, I think there's no end to it, quite frankly. Um, I mean, when you look at the uh, the whole issue of, you know, global warming and the stand that this uh, state has taken on climate change and, the, you know, how that uh, is starting to, to become more and more an issue with develop and development in general relating to where you can build and what you can build um, with lack of consideration for the uh, – desires and abilities of the market makes, you know, a huge challenge certainly for um, our members and uh, for our organization in general. We, we uh, are on the cutting edge of all of that, and, uh, you know, we don't see that 
uh, lessening in any way um, as we move forward. And uh, we're at the point now where they're running into the real economic realities of of uh, you know what it is they're trying to achieve, and that relates to the lack of affordability and uh, feasibility from the standpoint of the developers, whether or not I can build a home that meets your requirements that I can market at a rate that provides me a, a profit that makes it all worthwhile. And uh, that's the constant, never-ending battle uh, in this state. We deal with, deal with it <clears throat> at the state level and at the local level uh, each and every day. And, um, again, that's, uh, I don't see that going away. So when you relate to any specific challenges, I think it's, it's all of those things, and um, you know, whether it's water or energy or, uh, again, emissions, uh, transportation linkages, w whatever it happens to be, um, there will be more and more impact and cost of development uh, in the future. And that's really directly proportional to increased regulatory action on the, by the state, especially in light of its um, aggressive stand on climate change issues. Right. Yeah, yeah and it's, there, I mean, there, I was just going to say, okay. you know, it's frustrating, I think, from the standpoint of you know, when you realize that California is, is less than, uh, you know, 5% of the problem worldwide, uh, yet we've taken on the role of, uh, you know, wanting to lead the world uh, in um, reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Um, but there's a huge cost related to that, and we're already seeing the impacts on our own economy and the people who live in the state and, you know, meeting their basic needs of uh, safe, clean shelter they can afford. I know it's like being on a boat and trying to distill water on a, in a small dinghy uh, because you're going to try to uh, change the salinity of the ocean because the, you're right, the factors of... Uh, CO2 emissions uh, in other parts of the world will, will um, completely drown out whatever advances the state of California can make on, it, on its own. And it's going to be a, I mean, my, from an economic standpoint, you know, look at the benefits and the costs, and, and uh, there's many of us that would argue that the, the, the costs uh, for the level of activity that the state of California is undertaking is just overwhelms the benefits, especially when you have uh, contributions from other, other countries all over the world. Well, there's, there's lots of conservation groups that say if there's a drought or water scarcity, that home building activity should be stopped. One person had stated, we don't owe it to developers to do without water for their personal profit. What do you say to people like that? I know, I know, but I'm going to let our guests <laughs> respond. <laughs> Well, again, I think we touched on this earlier. Is that uh, you know, again, it's uh, it's a broader question than just uh, developers' profits. That's always an easy place to go if you, in fact, want to use a crisis to stop growth because you believe that you know we shouldn't be growing. Um, I think you're in a minority if that's what you believe. But nonetheless, we we have the housing crisis. We have we have the realities relating to the product that we produce. Again, we're. We're very much a part of the ultimate solution relating to how to effectively use the water and resources that we have and not uh, the cause of the problem. And so, um, and again, I'm pleased to say that we've, we've had success with that, that argument. It's, it's, when you see the facts and figures, it's hard to refute that, um, especially given the trade-offs 
uh, and the awful impacts things like moratoriums and limits on water meters and development in general cause um, to the economy. So, again, you're always going to have people that will, will you know, use that and try to use it to uh, you know, limit growth. But the realities are, again, that we have been a very responsible industry. We've worked hand-in-hand -hand with the state and federal government over the last two decades on the issues of uh, energy efficiency as well as water efficiency and have made great strides uh, in being able to do that and do it in a cooperative manner that, again, has maintained uh, our industry, uh, and that's what we want to continue to do. Well, I do want to commend the BIA for the actions that they take and what they do with, in their interactions with the government. I guess the next big challenge you guys are working on is this uh, prevailing wage thing, which we won't get yeah. into because we talk about water more on this show. So <laughs> okay. I'll leave that for you guys to battle on another day. And <laughs> my board meetings, we talk about it. So. Well, I just think your point earlier that new stock is 50% or more efficient with its water use than old home stock. So maybe what we all ought to consider is a cash for clunker homes. Yeah. But you can also replace that old no, you're, stock and let's save yeah, you're, water. You're, you're definitely on to something there. I mean, that's, that's what we need to be focusing on is, you know, uh, programs that incentivize people to convert the existing stock uh, it's a relatively easy fix. We, we estimate less than $1,500 for the average home. Uh, but the water districts, quite frankly, through some creative programs, could, you know, front the resources necessary and amortize those costs uh, over your water bill over the next few years or what have you, but get that property to the point where it's using much less water uh, and uh, do so in a manner that does not detract from the quality of life uh, that you're currently enjoying in that property and, and uh, cost you less money at the end of the day. So those are the Absolutely. things we need to be talking more about, but it's, it's obviously more politically difficult to do that than it is to just go after the new home builder and, and uh, require that, that they uh, you know, adhere to certain mandates. Well, I bet if we get rid of the train to nowhere, we'll have lots of money. We're getting back the incentives to the home buyers. But, uh, again, right. that's for another show. So, hey, yeah. Dave, we really appreciate you coming on and taking the time uh, to yeah. talk with us. And uh, and uh, we, I, I certainly applaud the BIA because as a member and our company is a member, we uh, we definitely support you guys and what we're, what you what you do and uh, need, need to have a group that can stand up to craziness. Yeah, and, and uh, Toro, uh, both Rob and I, we participate in – Department of Water Resources meetings regarding future changes to the, uh, model, the, uh, the uh, model Water Efficient Landscape Ordinance. So you've actually given me a couple of great new concepts and ideas to be able to communicate. So thank you for that. And again, thanks for taking the time to uh, share your thoughts uh, with our audience. And joining us on the Water Zone. We appreciate it. Thank You're you. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, that wraps up our show for today. I hope everybody had a